Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Not Just New Movies podcast, the show where we review a seemingly random film currently not in theaters. My name is Ben Pearson, and today we're going to be talking about James Orr's 1990 film, Mr. Destiny. Joining me is my regular co-host, Tyler. How's it going, man? Ben, are you ready to meet your Mr. Destiny? Uh, If that means Michael Caine is coming to my house, absolutely. (laughs) I have a question for you when we start the review. Okay, I'm looking Concerning just that. Uh, Yep, put a pin in that. We'll come back to it very soon. Uh, If you guys are just joining us... Put a pin in that. Oh God! Definitely put a pin in that and never take it out again. Um, If you guys are just joining (laughs) us for the first time, welcome to the show. You can find new episodes uh, at PodTimer.com once a month. Uh, We used to be a weekly show. We're now a monthly show. Welcome to June of 2017. Uh, Whoa, we made it. You can listen to all of our back episodes at njnmpodcast.blogspot.com. And uh, the general structure of the show is we're going to start it off with a quick section... Tyler, do we have a name for this? Just New Movies? It's, is this what we're yeah, calling it? Yeah, Just New Movies. Okay. Yeah. We're officially calling this the Just New deep, Movies section. It's, it's a deep cut from a few years ago when you had a sister site, JustNewMovies.com. And uh, I don't know. That always just sounded like it was uh, it belonged within the, the family of, of your dominance, of your kingdom. Okay, yeah. So we will um, we will you know bring that in, take that name under this show's wing, and give yeah. it its own section. So the uh, the not, the just excuse me the just new movie section is the part of the show where uh, uh, I will talk about um, you know movies that are coming out this month. It's very simple, very quick. Nothing serious I'll chime going in too. on. Yeah, of course. Tyler uh, always uh, chimes in with his largely uninformed thoughts. I'll say. Yeah. It's kind of like Hollywood, don't do that, our sister show that never really got picked up, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, also very ill-informed. <laughs> uh, so then we'll move into a, a review of the month, and we may finish up with listener voicemails and emails. You can uh, leave us a voicemail at 904-469-6566, that's 469-NJNM, if you want. Don't text us. Uh, don't text us, it's a Google Voice number, so we won't get the text. Or you can email us, though, at not just new movies at gmail.com so those are the the ways to contact us please do i don't think we've had any real uh correspondence from the outside world in months maybe years who knows we, um, we did get some twitter action but we'll get to that at the end of the show yeah, okay good to know good to know all right so jumping into the just new movie section uh, a lot of movies coming out this month tyler june we're, we're in the oh, sub- really? summer movie season we are in full swing uh-huh. right now yeah. uh we got we got your wonder woman coming out okay do you know anything What's about that? this is that a you heard this character dc venture yeah, yeah. i've heard of that yeah, 1941 1940 1941 70th anniversary 75th anniversary this year i think okay cool so that's got to be 1940 well, that doesn't make a lot of sense now <laughs> it's it's in its uh what septuagenarian it's in its 70s wow okay yeah so uh by the time this mo- uh, this podcast comes out which will be uh june 6th the movie will have been out for right. uh, i don't know three or four days at this point so um i have not seen so it, it yet i'm seeing it next week but uh, you know at the time of this recording uh i've heard good things about it good buzz mm-hmm. so we'll see hopefully yeah, it'll kim be kardashian as uh, wonder woman right? uh, gal gadot as wonder is that, woman is that like don't you just see a kardashian whenever you see a picture of her as wonder woman like no. isn't 
Or is it just my brain? It's your brain, for sure. I uh, I should I, probably stop looking at my personalized Photoshop of Wonder Woman. Yes, I think. <laughs> that might help. That would be a good idea, for sure. Um, so, yes, Wonder Woman. Then you got The Mummy with Tom Cruise. This okay. whole new yep. action-adventure reboot of... Uh, the Dark Universe? Yes, exactly. The Dark Universe. The Universal... Informed, bitch. <laughs> they are... The, Universal has decided that Dracula Untold, the movie that came out in 2014, that they initially pushed as the first movie in this new uh, rebooted movie, classic movie monster franchise, just doesn't exist because now it's going to begin with The Mummy and they've launched this whole thing called Dark Universe that's the the shared cinematic universe of The Mummy and The Wolfman and The Invisible Man and all these freaking things that they're reboots that they're doing. Uh, People are Abbott and Costello. (laughs) I hope so. I hope, man, that would be amazing. Uh, Because I think they existed in the old universal monster universe yeah because they like met the the wolfman i think and the mummy at at one point but uh i'm just saying hollywood if you're listening tyler and i uh are throwing our hats into the ring Uh for the abbott and costello (laughs) recasting so that would be awesome uh i want to do like a dark take on the characters you know like they have this really uh dark costello's a drunk related (laughs) yeah (laughs) real life yeah, and then somehow Russell Crowe's, you know, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde is like both of their fathers, but one is the, is one's father and the other is the other's father somehow. I don't yeah. know. Daddy issues. And, and abound. Abbott is like a scientist who's uh, building doomsday, so it all it all makes sense eventually. Oh man, yeah, creepy. All right, so uh, speaking of creepy, there's supposed to be the slow burn. Uh, sort of quasi-scary movie called It Comes at Night that comes out later this month. You've got uh, Cars 3. I'm just going to burn through the rest of these, Tyler. Uh, Rough Night, the mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson comedy with Kate McKinnon and a bunch of other talented women as like a uh, an ensemble comedy kind of thing. And then Transformers Great. The Last Night, which you could not pay me enough money to go see that movie, I don't think. Uh, oh, I come mean, on. I, you and Donnie D in the front row. <laughs> I will accept offers from, you know, millionaires who are just like bored and looking to waste money and looking to uh yeah just like hey i'll take that kid up on his word uh yeah. the big sick <laughs> kumail nanjiani's uh comedy uh the guy who stars in silicon valley um has written a romantic comedy that's based on his real life uh it's been getting great reviews it, it premiered at sundance to a you know rave response so that comes out in wide release later this month which i'm really looking forward to and then also uh lastly baby driver the new movie from edgar wright comes out uh and sequel like, to boss baby june 30th <laughs> boss baby to the baby he gets driver. his license <laughs> oh man that would be uh that would be too much alec baldwin right now i think i'm a little i'm a little baldwin oh, out okay you're not getting enough of him every week on SNL? No, no. I think, um, thank God that it was just the uh, the finale because I'm getting a lot of Baldwin in my life, a little bit too much, I think. so. Uh, he's probably taking it on the road and, you know, whatever. Yes, taking it. showing it. Yeah. Um, all right, so the T-spot. This is, I forgot to mention this in the uh, in the rundown. This is the part where I just sort of throw the show to you and let you uh, just, you know, run with it, Tyler. What you got? Anything? All right. Well, this this month it's actually the teeth spot because I got two of my wisdom teeth removed. Very painful. Wow. Uh, and I feel just as dumb as I was uh, before the operation. <laughs> Good so to know. wisdom teeth, not really making you wiser. So deal with that, dentist. Okay. And uh, yeah, I've been watching. I should have probably mentioned this last month, but we've been watching a lot of Super Sentai, which is uh, 
for babies, basically, the show from Japan that uh, the Power Rangers is based on. Okay. And um, yeah, those those original from 1992. Those guys are still doing conventions over here in the U.S. And uh, I guess they're like 40 or 50 years old now. And they're like, yeah, I can't believe... Actually, they were saying this all in Japanese, right. but they're like, yeah, I can't believe people still watch this show in America. Like, you're the only guys that really <laughs> want to see us. <laughs> but thank you for giving us, uh, you know, a reason to stay employed or stay relevant. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yep. Okay. But yeah, that show is that show's for children over there. And then they somehow made it for, I guess, children still, but they were in high school in the Power Rangers. Mm, so mm. it kind of... I guess it's it's a little more serious in Japan because uh, I think Rita brings down Satan at one point. Wow! Uh, to attack the Power Rangers, so yeah, it gets pretty dark. But uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot of that on Amazon Prime. So not a sponsor, but if they wanted to be, they could be here at Not Just a Movies, the podcast. <laughs> okay, sounds good. All right, so uh, <laughs> I think with that, Tyler, let's just go ahead and jump into our review of Mister Destiny. Hitting that baseball has spun your life off an entirely new direction your life's been changed this is your house those are your children and cindy joe is your wife happy birthday darling god help me <laughs> who do these cars belong to well they belong to you sir get the hell out of here as you wish sir all right tyler Mr. Destiny was directed by James Orr, also written by uh, James Orr and Jim Cruikshank, looks like, uh, mm-hmm. produced by that duo as well. This movie stars James Belushi, Linda Hamilton, John Lovitz, and Michael Caine. There's a, a small role for Courtney Cox. I'm sure we'll get to her yep. a little bit later on. Renee Russo nah, also not. shows up. And... Uh, so I think you sort of um, I, I want to say that you influenced the not just pneumatic movie tube a little bit by How dare uh, you. by just you know putting a little bit of elbow grease in the old uh, in the old pipes down here below yeah. Los Angeles and and maybe you slipped him a five dollar bill or something like that and then he yeah. spit out uh, the old Mister Destiny for us this month. So Tyler, I believe you had a previous. Uh, relationship with this movie in that you've seen it before uh mm-hmm. what multiple times yeah why don't you walk us through uh, your relationship with this movie your history with it and uh what you thought about it this time it's like one of those movies where everyone's always talking about the goonies because it was always on hbo or some drivel like that this was one of those vhs tapes that we just happened to own so it would pop up in the cycle every once in a while mm-hmm and uh yeah i would watch it and uh it was harmless you know for kids i guess there was a few cuss words in it but uh, nothing too outrageous so you know between the years i guess of eight and 12 i would watch it on and off and it kind of had like a uh christmas carol it's a wonderful life kind of not time travel but something like that that was like oh that's kind of cool like alternate reality right that kind of thing uh watching it as an adult you know whatever it's a movie it's uh it's not terrible but it's not um you know jim belushi's probably the actor the weakest part of this movie i think if it had been anyone else i have someone who could have served perhaps a better character is uh, michael keaton as the main character probably would have switched things up a bit wow yeah um, but that's that's what kept that's what i kept coming back to was like man what would michael keaton how would he have delivered these lines um, but I mean, it was kind of a cool look at, you know, it's a wonderful life, except instead of the very end of the movie, like it's in a wonderful life, 
it's the entire movie. Yes. Um, so I'll get into the, the kind of the weaknesses in a second. But what did you think? So, Tyler, I understood that ben. you uh, that you liked this movie as a kid, and that was that was the saving grace from me contacting you in a fit of rage while I was watching this movie because <laughs> I thought that this was absolutely dreadful i okay, i thought that's what this show's all about we're just trying to vent a little bit yeah exactly uh i'm and, not personally responsible for this production right yes exactly that is that is definitely important to keep in mind and i also am pretty sure that you do not agree with the uh the mentality of this movie which i found no. to be incredibly misogynistic uh like yep. almost dangerously so and and hear me yeah. out because i think this movie is um is emblematic of the kind of, uh, I don't know, as the kids might say these days, like low-key misogyny that um, permeates Hollywood. And Mm -hmm. it's the kind of thing where nothing on the surface is really like, you know, nobody is like beating women. Nobody is like um, doing anything uh, super, you know, what you would call terrible. But just the way that the film treats its female characters... Courtney Cox, we mentioned, is there to be nothing but, uh, A, somebody who looks attractive, and B, Uh uh, somebody to just be um, thrown away at the end of the movie as a crazy person and dismissed as, like, the the prototypical, like, crazy bitch character, right? And that's, like, the the sixth worst thing that happens to a woman in this movie. Like, the the idea that... uh, that what's his name? Uh, James Belushi plays this character named Larry Burroughs. So yeah, actually, let's what a start. Lovable loaf, am I right? Yeah. So that's the thing. This guy is like an, <laughs> the oaf of all oafs. He's just like he's like what I imagine um, you know Coach was like or something uh, on one of those. Uh, you know, this whole movie lo- really reminds me of like the look of a nineteen nineties sitcom. Uh, yeah. And so he's that kind of character, just like a schlub who has a perfectly normal life, just like standard white guy uh, yeah, material. Yeah, a perfectly fine life, too. Yes, It exactly. isn't like he's a hobo walking right. the streets. It's not like he lost his legs in war. Yes, like, he has a job. The guy is totally fine. Yes, exactly. And a really, really good job, considering. Yeah, yeah. So the movie essentially starts with, um, with that, you know, you know that meme, Tyler, where it's like, Somebody will post a picture, and then accompanying the picture will be the text, freeze frame, record scratch, yup, that's me. You're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. (laughs) That's actually how this movie begins, basically. It's almost exactly that. Uh, And so he, you know, it's his birthday, and he's had a shitty day. Oh, poor him. Mm -hmm. And his car is breaking down. We don't know anything about this guy yet. So right. it's sort of, t- you know, you maybe feel a little bit for him just on like a human level. Uh, yeah, but yeah. almost instantly, as you start to get to know this person, I'm like, this guy is the worst. Like he yeah. thinks that he's a good guy and the movie thinks he's a good guy. And right. that's part of the problem because this guy yes. is a a true piece of shit. He is, he is <laughs> the kind of guy that... Uh, that claims or, or or would you know presents himself to be 
you know, a man of the people and like, oh yeah, I'm just like a nice guy who likes, you know, yeah. uh, to blue have collar. a beer with, yeah, exactly, exactly, like the perfect sort of blue collar type of worker. But the way that his uh, his entitlement and his attitude uh, about everything, his entire outlook and approach to life is. Um, it disgusted me, to be frank. Right. So yeah. I was uh, I was shocked He's at this, and and obviously watching this, my first thought was like, "Holy hell, this is terrible!" And then my second thought, I'm trying to, you know, we talked a lot uh, last on the last review for the Power Rangers movie about uh, how that movie does not work um, if you're <laughs> an adult watching it, you know, maybe for the first time or something. But trying to put yourself in the position, or in our case, in the memories of. Uh, our younger selves while we were watching it and looking at it as sort of a continuation of the franchise, it works pretty well, you know, looking at it from like a child mentality. I think the same right. is probably true here because the um, the misogyny and stuff that I'm talking about is is um, subtle enough that kids wouldn't get it, but it's yep. um, but it is it's obvious enough that it would. Um, burrow as in Larry Burrows uh, into uh. the subconscious of. Uh, of adults watching it and um, the movie uh, is complicit in that you know it's sort of it it doesn't um, punish the main character in any way in any meaningful way it does so in in ways that um, that drive the plot forward and just sort of get you from one uh, lily pad to the next as you're jumping along in the story but there's no profound change that this guy uh, undergoes that that uh, comes with any sort of cost to him, right. um, and the way that he <laughs> treats everyone and is basically just a whiny bitch throughout the entire movie um, is just makes the whole thing really um, way darker than the movie intends to be. Watching it through the lens of someone in 2017, looking back on this, and this is a part of the problem too, is because I think in 1990. A lot of the people watching this probably thought, oh, yeah, that movie's fine. They probably were like, oh, yeah, right. you know, this is just a, an It's a Wonderful Life sort of riff. Um, and there's nothing really yeah. wrong with this movie. Uh, and, of course, we have the benefit of hindsight and, and sort of, um, you know, as a culture, we're far more aware of, of these things. Uh, now, so I, I'm not going to like condemn people in 1990 who like saw this in the theaters and were like, "Yeah, it's fine." Like they're not monsters for thinking that because that's just what the culture was like back then. But looking, you know, what we try to do is is look at the movies now and then also, you know, if we're able to try to imagine what it was like from uh, you know to be a viewer at the time watching these films. So I think uh, at the time it's a whatever kind of movie like you're talking about. But now looking back on it, this movie is just uh, it's insidious. I think is the word uh, I've been looking for this entire but not time. Not the movie, not the movie insidious. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Um, yeah. The guy he's he's not a good guy at the beginning, like, and he's not a good guy. He's not a good guy in his alternate life, and then he comes right? back, and I don't think he's really learned anything about appreciating his previous life he just wanted to escape the, the alternate yeah because where he was getting in trouble yeah and it, it it uh devolved into such chaos at the end that it it really um the at the very end where he sort of snaps back into his quote-unquote real life really did seem more like just pure relief than like oh right. i've learned anything i mean he he says to his wife like oh i forgot how beautiful you are which by the way is a 
dick thing to say to your wife yeah. in front of everyone who yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's thrown a you know she's standing she's right like, there what why are everyone you this? is paying attention to you you walk up to your wife and you're like i forgot how beautiful you are like i don't know i think that's the kind of thing where it's like the movie thinks that that's a compliment but like if you really think about it that's kind of a right. stupid uh you know sort of barbarian thing to say to somebody in that particular uh, circumstance. You're lucky to have me, baby. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah. No so, one else would have you except me. So Sarah Connor, uh, what's yep. her name? Linda Hamilton. Linda plays Hamilton. his wife. Uh, Manly, yes. Her yeah, name, her character name, uh, Tyler, did you get this? Did you catch this reference? I thought yeah, it was... it was like four four names or something like that. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't pick up any reference. So Ellen was her name. Uh, mm-hmm. Before she was married to... Uh, Larry Burroughs. Her name is Ellen Ripley, which is the name oh. of Sigourney Weaver's character in the Alien franchise. So Interesting. Sarah Connor is playing Ellen Ripley. Uh, you know, there's a, a sci-fi okay. heroin connection going on there. That's uh, all I'm yeah, saying. A tech noir crossover? Oh yeah, that would be awesome. I love that bar or club or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah, or genre. A play- <laughs> yes, or genre, exactly. Um, so this movie, like I said, the freeze frame record scratch thing, it's got narration that is unbearable <laughs> with James Unbearably Belushi's. unnecessary. Yes, entirely. Uh, everyone seems to have forgotten his birthday. You know, he's got this whole baseball flashback that he's really hung yeah. up on. Um, which is it's one of those things where like the the narration was absolutely unnecessary like the things he was doing was good enough to set the tone of how shitty he thinks his life is like he's going for the coffee there's no coffee he's let down visually he doesn't also have to narrate and say there wasn't any coffee right i was let down right and it's like yeah no fucking shit yeah (laughs) this movie forgets that film is a visual and audio (laughs) medium at the same time it it really just like slams you over the head with its baseball bat basically someone someone with a an affinity an affinity for golden age radio (laughs) they're like ah you know jimmy stewart would have narrated the whole thing um so uh yeah so basically so his, yeah. The, the whole uh plot stems from when he was a kid in high school or junior high or whatever right. um uh larry burroughs young larry burroughs uh had the opportunity to hit a home run in the the big game basically yep. and he strikes yep. out instead yeah uh this act but ma- did he really because the good-looking girl came up to him after the game yes exactly and was, everything fell into place for him right this act sort of uh inspires <laughs> sympathy uh from yeah. uh a young ellen ripley and then yes his entire life sort of clicks into place at that point and puts him on the path was he drafted into vietnam did he see a bunch of his friends <laughs> murdered in front of him no he's it's totally fine life yes exactly a completely normal like i think the worst thing that happens to him is yeah maybe his car breaks down and then like his wife yeah. forgot oh, to terrible. get the the cereal or the breakfast cereal and he's <laughs> pissed about that like what yeah. kind of bullshit person are you to actually get angry at someone else for not getting you go get your own freaking cereal what yeah. are you doing 
So anyway. Go to Starbucks and have a breakfast sandwich. Yeah. So his wife is on the, uh, a member of the union. She's like the strike, um, uh, she's on the strike committee, which I thought was like an interesting double entendre with the fact that he struck out in the beginning. I was like, oh, strike committee. Uh, I wonder if this movie's uh like operating on any sort of deeper level. And then like 10 minutes into it, you're like, oh no, absolutely not. There's no, there's no deeper level to this movie whatsoever. Um, not only does she hold an occupation, but she's admirable in representing other yes other laborers' rights. So yes, yeah, even from is, a standpoint, it's like, what kind of woman do I want to marry? Right, like someone like that. Yeah, and and of course, uh, Larry, who works at like a sporting goods store or something. I'm not entirely like, sure. Uh, yeah, like a production what, facility. Yeah, um, you know, something like that. Because he's obsessed with baseball still, and like he's constantly complaining that people are. Uh, you know that he remembers this bad uh, experience of striking out, and that like people remember him as the guy who struck out. But he, yet he surrounds himself with sports all the time. Right, right, it's right. like, bro, if you, if you really, if this was such a traumatic thing, like you could probably go into some other field. Uh, it's yeah. not like he's you know being a professional baseball player or anything. Like you could do whatever you want. You're a, uh, anyway. Uh, that's that's mm-hmm. part of my problem with this movie too. Is at the very end when uh, he is talking about like oh um you know i can get a job anywhere uh you know it's no big deal like i don't care about this stuff like all all i care about is you guys like the uh the privilege that this character has to be like oh i'm getting fired from my job i don't give a shit i can get a job anywhere else like the the attitude of like Oh, it doesn't matter. Like, this character has never been friends with a black person in his life. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. He may have never even seen a black person before. I'm not sure. That is kind of the town I think they live in. Yeah. So, and then, of course, at the very end of the movie, this promotion drops in his lap where it's like, oh, everything's not only okay, but way better than it was before. So it's like, fuck you, So you actually win for your actions. Yeah. Yeah. Which are... uh, borderline criminal throughout this movie uh-huh. um, yeah. so uh john lovitz plays his best friend uh who yeah, i actually funny. could have done a little yeah i could have done with uh seeing his character a little bit more because he's really mm-hmm. only in the movie for like i don't know 10 minutes or something um yeah. and i a thought great he, delivery of lines i thought he wasn't bad he's like the he's the typical 90s goofball friend kind of guy <laughs> Um, and uh, he's been friends with Larry since childhood. They work at the same place. Um, yep. So, yeah. Best I mean, friends. He's yeah. never, John Lovitz has never left his side through thick and thin. Right. And this guy wants an alternate life. Yes, yeah, exactly. Loyalty and <laughs> uh, and all that means nothing to Larry Burroughs, who is right. a, a giant shitbag. Um, he feels alone in this world because he can't bang the tractor driver or the forklift driver. Yeah, there's that and then there's also Rene Russo who plays the yep. the company president's wife, I think. Uh, yes. Who, um, she herself can't be president, so oh, she marries out so that to fill the president's role with yes. a male male figure. Yep, yep. Uh, and as, as was the time and then and now i suppose <laughs> and she she is basically there to serve no other purpose than to be a sex receptacle basically she just does <laughs> she does nothing but stand there and get ogled at and and she's right. just a sexual object in this movie and right. the worst one of the worst things about the film is that um 
so when he uh, okay, I'll, I'll blow through this really quickly and then get to what I'm what I was gonna say. Basically, uh, his car breaks down. Larry's car breaks down. He goes into this bar, yeah. meets Michael Caine, who is the titular Mister Destiny, apparently. Yes. Who is a, okay. That that was my question from the beginning. Was who was okay. Mister Destiny? And my answer is Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah, I think it's got to be Michael Caine. Okay. Uh, and he's this sort of, um, you know, angel-like figure, sort of the, the Clarence of It's a Wonderful Life, uh, who... Michael, Ka- Michael Clarence. ...generously decides to give Larry a completely undeserved gift, which is to see what his life would have been like if he actually hit the home run that he has been yearning to hit his entire life. Right. Uh, and. And to see how different his life would be. Uh, basically, the act of doing this means that he is now the president of the company and therefore married to Rene Russo's character, who he's, mm-hmm. he was ogling before. Uh, right. And the entire movie... So, first of all, he gets to... He goes home, uh, go, you know, goes to his his, uh, his new, his alternate home. His original house, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, his original house, and realizes that like nobody lives there that he knows. He, he's you know he's in the wrong spot. So he uh, so uh, Mr. Destiny becomes a cab driver and basically mm-hmm. just takes him around on this little tour of his life and sort of uh, sort of throws him into the deep end of like this is what your life is now basically. And he has, sort right. of has to figure things out on his own. Very quickly, he realizes he's married to yeah, Renee Russo. Brother, he's the president of the Harry. company. His brother Harry drowned uh, in the pond when they were small because he wasn't there to rescue him. All that yep. stuff. Mr. Mr. Gower was there with the pharmacy and the whole deal. Yep. Um, so the he, guy ended uh, up dying, and Mary was just about to, to close up the library with Rene Russo. Uh, and then at the end of the movie, when the whole thing is sort of uh, you know back, you know when his old life is put back together again. Um, mm-hmm. He like still remembers having sex with Rene Russo, who is no longer his wife, right. who has never been his wife in reality. Um, it was right. it's so disgusting to me. This is one of those things where it's just like, oh god, you are. This is the worst. The movie like sort of treats it as like a wink, wink thing to all the guys in the audience. Like, hey, yeah, wouldn't right. this be awesome? It's like, oh, ultimate no, reality, that's like, man. That's borderline rape, is what you're talking about there. This is this is somebody who. You've had sex with somebody who doesn't know that you've done that, and that is right. a really disturbing uh, image. So, and, well, and, the thing is, the thing that makes him unlikable for me, mo- the main one is that in his in his original life, he lusts after Rene Russo, right? Yes, yes. But he's married to Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor. Yep. Which then he goes into this alternate reality, not really thinking about his original wife, because he then has relations with Rene Russo. Yes. But then, then he's like, oh, well, you know, that was nice. I'm going to go get back with my original wife right. in this alternate reality. Yes. It's like, so you're, you're a shitty person in Earth 1 and Earth 2. Yeah, and, and he then, doesn't care about the feelings of either woman in either no. one. It's just about whatever one is going to be, you know, the easiest and whatever happens to be, like, the most pleasure, pleasurable or whatever he wants at the time. Right. That's what he goes for. He does not give a second thought to anybody else's thoughts in this yeah. entire movie. So it really should be more of a tale of how horrible a person how low of a bar can you set for yourself before (laughs) before michael kane has to swoop in and be like you should go to hell mr destiny yeah (laughs) you should go to hell james (laughs) um yeah and the you know he's like moping around about his wife marrying another guy but he has no problem screwing renee russo 
Uh, right. He sets up a date with his old with with uh, Linda Hamilton at this board mm-hmm. meeting. He apparently has been like a tyrant, running this company like a tyrant. Um, yeah, cheats on his wife even before he his essence got there. He was right. cheating on his wife and doing all kinds of horrible things. Yeah, and then the whole back half of the movie is basically him just trying to woo his married wife or or married right. one time wife. That would be Linda Hamilton. Uh, who's married and has, like, a completely nice-looking husband who the movie sort of presents as, yeah. like, uh, you know, like, oh, the, the um, you know... Like, just as awful to her, but yeah, yeah like, he's okay. You don't want this guy to win. You want Larry the, to win because he's the protagonist. And it's like, screw What's about, you, What about Linda Hamilton? Shouldn't she win? Shouldn't she exactly. be single and, like, head of the labor union? Yeah, and the whole thing is, like, him... Um, is Larry basically... Uh, um, trying to trick Lim- Linda Hamilton into going out with him and like maybe to even break up with her husband and remarry right. him because he knows all of like everything there is to know about her because uh, right. he has lived with her before and he's he was married to her before and that's where I think the movie thinks that it's trying to um, say that he's learned a lesson is like in this yeah, world yeah. it's like oh yeah you know if I know all this stuff about my wife that means that I have been listening all along and I'm really like a good guy and I really care about right. all this stuff about her but he really true love transcends dimensions yeah but even in that context this movie makes it gross by by yeah. sort of making it seem like um, that I don't know it's just like I can't believe that uh, that uh, she, you know, he's like, I just didn't know what I had. And it's like, bro, are you serious right now? Like, (laughs) what, just think for one second and and try not to be a giant asshole and you'll realize what you've had. But that is as as low as the character gets, basically, is him just going like, oh man, I wish that I could get everything back. And then of course, he does, and everything is fine, and then better than fine afterwards. So it's really a... um, yeah, I was I was not thrilled uh, with this movie. Um, he yeah. basically becomes the the president of the company uh, mm-hmm. at the end by um, you know averting the sale. There's this subplot right. about the these like sort of um, '80s uh, douchebag <laughs> um, you know lawyer guys who work Nigel, for the company. Whatever his name is. Yeah, whatever something Penderton or something that seems like a. a uh, sufficiently dickish uh, character name, <laughs> um, Niles Pender. It looks like yes, ah, uh, Niles, and he's yeah right. scheming to sell the company out from from under this uh, you know uh, goofy old man who actually owns the company and clearly doesn't have any idea what's going on. The most likable character in the movie was the old man. Yeah, for sure, because he's just clueless and he doesn't do anything wrong to anyone, and he right. is just a human being basically. Yeah, he he has faults and he. Uh, uh, yeah, he he is a he's an innocent in this whole thing. Um, yeah, the thing about the thing about and comparing it to It's a Wonderful Life, which does it right. First of all, just from a storytelling standpoint, like you have to actually know the life mm-hmm. of this guy before it changes. So in It's a Wonderful Life, they do it at the end. Uh, you know, it's like a three-hour Christmas epic that doesn't even really have much to do with Christmas until the very end. Right. But you you spend time with this guy for two hours, and then you realize, oh, everything's different. That's what's so shifting is realizing, oh, well, all this, you know, this whole life is gone unless, you know, you repent or whatever. Or don't throw yourself off the bridge or whatever. Right. Here, his life is like five minutes, which 
again, was pretty good. Mr. Potter wasn't hunting him down. Yep. Uh, the police weren't after him or anything. Nor and was the Terminator. His, yeah. <laughs> his, I'm sure his, like, his, his uncle Billy was probably very, uh, very remembering of things. Like, everything was good. <laughs> yep. And then it's, then the, the, the scene switches or whatever, he transcends lives. And it's like, but dude, yours, it, it just didn't work. And so the whole movie, he has, you know, I guess what the movie wants you to think is a better life. Um, but it doesn't really convince you that the previous life was inferior. Right. And it actually doesn't, it's so bad at it that <laughs> the previous life was probably fine. They never make it bad. So yeah. there's no need for him to even wish to have a different life because of it, except because he's so selfish. Yeah, exactly. The conflict is... He's not is, a hero. Yeah, the, the conflict, the dramatic conflict in the story is that he's selfish and yeah. and uh, doesn't realize what he has. And that is... And then the movie rewards him by giving him, um, you know, an alternate look at, at what his life could have been. Which, again, totally undeserved for a character right. that thinks of no one but himself throughout, throughout right. the entire thing. So... Um, yeah, I so thought the this real was, hero uh, is Linda Hamilton because she's fighting for the rights of laborers. Yes, uh, John Lovitz because he's been a loyal and true friend for many many years. Yep, and the old man because uh, you know he's just a really nice guy that uh, has been invaded by a bunch of corrupt, selfish assholes. Yes, hundred percent agree. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's Mr. Destiny, people. I would. Yeah, uh, this movie is on HBO Go right now. I would recommend uh, only watching it if you'd like to fly into a fit of rage. Um, mm-hmm. or to or if you see, want to see Michael Caine, yeah, Michael Caine, who also we should say is like, you know, I, I feel like he's a good fit for the kind of character that they have him playing yeah. in this movie. Uh, yes. As far as performances go, I thought uh, Belushi was like, you know, just a, a schlub who, well, like, I don't understand why he was chosen ever to be as a like a movie star because he took a pay cut i'm sure he's just like a nothing (laughs) he's like the equivalent of and i think this is this happened in the 90s when you know because a lot of has been made in the past decade or 20 years about how um hollywood uh business practices have basically necessitated the idea of um this massive uh stretch from uh, you've got blockbuster, mega, you know, $200, $300 million blockbusters on the high end. And then you've got, you know, something like the the Blumhouse Productions, um, you know, something like Get Out or The Purge or... Uh, Transmorphers? You know, these... No, no. That's uh, that's the asylum. But uh, Blumhouse oh. is like the, the company that does like... Um, they make movies that are under $5 million or something like that. I think they did... Um, split the Jam- the M Night Shyamalan movie with James McAvoy. Um, they do movies that uh, are super super cheap to produce, Paranormal Activity stuff like that, where they give ah. the filmmakers complete con- creative control because it doesn't matter if uh, it doesn't really matter what they do. They know that they're going to make their money back because they're only spending five million dollars to make the movie right. instead of you know spending a hundred and fifty million and then like oh this movie's crap nobody's going to see it oh crap we've lost a lot of money here so that's that's what's happened in uh in hollywood over the past you know however long a lot has been made of like the fact that the middle is gone and this movie is a good example of something that would have been in the middle it's just like a a mid-budget comedy that like um you know is for adults ostensibly but uh but would never be made revenue on video yeah exactly you know it's made and it would make its money back because the um the home video market was like actually robust back then instead of like a a wasteland like it is now so um 
so the point of all that was I'm trying to remember uh, <laughs> was Mr. that Mr. Destiny's been on HBO for 27 years is basically what you were getting at. <laughs> yeah, I think I was. I think I was. Oh, man, I really wish I could like listen back to the beginning of that whole thing because I've explained this whole thing and set it up now, and I can't really remember the punchline of what I was getting to. But I think um, oh, Jim James Belushi uh, as a yeah. uh, as a, a movie star. So he would never be a movie star now. The kind of people who are movie stars now are like people like uh, you know Sam Worthington and like Jai Courtney. These sort of like bland. Um, people that they can just sort of like slot super in super jacked as yeah exactly super jacked just sort of slot <laughs> in as um, as puzzle pieces in these you know multi hundred million dollar blockbusters I feel like uh, James Belushi was the equivalent of that but like way more doughy um, that you could just drop into the middle of a mid budget movie and be like oh yeah this is like a serviceable person to uh, read, recite lines in front of a camera, and that's pretty much all the requirements that we have for this person in this movie, because we don't really have any expectations for it. So, um, yeah. I, Fun I, fact, Ben. Yes. Uh, I think the Universe joint, or whatever the bar is that Michael Caine's hanging out at, yep. is um, at Universal Studios, and I think I've been inside that bar. Are you serious? Out- yeah, isn't it the same as the... Uh, Universal Orlando uh, has the Irish bar with the like in, within the New York area of Universal Studios. I don't know if you remember. Oh man, it's but been so I long since the, I've been there. I think the outside of the bar was also was filmed there, and then the inside of the bar is definitely the Irish bar now. Like just the bar itself and every the location of items. Yeah, pull up a picture of the Irish bar and pull up a picture of where Michael Caine was. And I think it might be exactly the same. I even awesome. remember the remember the statue. So Ben, we have both presumably been to the same place Jim, Belu- Jim Belushi has been. So um, that begs the question: Are we living in an alternate timeline? Oh Did we God. get served a drink there that sort of unwittingly put us on a different a what different would path? Be, what would be your point? What would be the point in your life where oh, it deviates? God. Um, I don't Think have anything that. as dramatic as like missing a uh, a game winning shot in a basketball yeah. game when I was on the junior high basketball team or anything yeah. like that. Uh, I was always I, I, pretty bad. So I crafted I crafted a clay bowl once and I glazed it, uh-huh. uh, and I guess it was submitted into an art an art show in like uh-huh. third grade and i got third place for it uh-huh what would have happened if i had gotten first place man? oh man you would have grown up to be a gigantic egocentric douchebag i think well what am i now <laughs> oh wait bum, hey. bum, bum. i'm always a loyal friend ben, you know <laughs> indeed all right so uh so yeah that's <laughs> mr you, destiny as as well. um i don't know if we have any do you have any any other uh stray thoughts tyler i mean oh real quick no, that's it. i think michael kane like i was saying pretty good uh at this part i wish we would have seen more of him i don't really know what else his character could have done um, but I still wish we could have seen more of him. I, I, basically, I yeah. wish he played a different kind of character where it was right. more of a two-hander with him and Belushi, um, just because I think Michael Caine is just, like, a fascinating person to watch, unlike mm-hmm. Belushi, who is just, like, mm-hmm. a nothing of a person to watch. So Now, um, if Michael Keaton had been the main character, God, and that the is the same except Michael Keaton, what would you have thought? Yeah, so that's a, that's a really good... Um, uh, sort of alternate casting in because he kind of looks like Michael Keaton in some scenes, and it's like, man, 
what would it have been like if it was just Michael Keaton instead? Yeah, in keeping with this movie's theme of uh, of what could have been, I think that would have... Yeah. It definitely uh, would have made me appreciate the film more because I just know, based on Michael Keaton's uh, filmography, that he would have given a more fascinating performance than uh, Belushi did. I still Probably. think that we would be talking about the uh, inherent sexism in the movie right now if, if we were reviewing this film that starred Michael Keaton. But um, I think it would be, I don't know, maybe uh, a 20% better film than it is <laughs> um, with him in the lead role. So That was just a straight thought. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good one. That's... If I had gotten first place in third grade, perhaps that would have created just the one change, Michael Keaton and Mr. Destiny, but changed <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> That would be. I would love to see the butterfly effect of that happening. That would be incredible, um, uh, man. Yeah, like you screaming yes as you win. Like the breath comes out of your body, and like I don't know. Michael somehow, Keaton's reading the script to Mister Destiny. Hears the yes and is like, I guess yes. Yeah, exactly. So or some sort of weird ass thing like that. Like your your breath maybe turns into a, a tornado or. Or some sort yeah. of storm that like blows Belushi's car off the road briefly <laughs> as he's going to audition for the movie, and Keaton was next in line anyway, or yeah, something. It blows I don't know. past him. Like the yeah. the the casting people were like, they saw Belushi and they're like, "Yep, we don't need to see anybody else. All the rest of you suckers, go home." And like Keaton is like hanging his head with the script in his hand, walking home because he was yeah. the next person that was supposed to audition, but. Oh man, uh, fun times, fun times, and uh, yeah. So I think uh, that's going to lead us to uh, the not just pneumatic movie tube. This is the ah, yeah. uh, the invention the favorite part that of the show. just coincidentally happens to to uh, be underneath the uh, roadways of Hollywood. Tyler, it, it starts mm-hmm. in Hollywood on one end. Yep. Uh, a conglomerate of of studios have agreed. That there is a an inception point where all of the story and movie ideas come from underground. Yep. Uh, the not just pneumatic movie tube, which essentially serves as a giant bank tube, from it goes straight from that location all the way up under these streets, up and into the walls of Second Floor Studios, where I'm yep. where I am recording this right now. Oh uh, and it uh, it just spits out a random movie for us to watch, uh, and that's perfect because we're always looking for random movies to talk about. So I'm gonna go ahead and push that button. All right, looks like the movie we're going to be watching next month is Quick Change, the uh, 1990, also 1990. Hey, Tyler, how about that? It looks like we got two 1990 films back-to-back. A 1990 crime comedy uh, that stars Bill Murray uh, and Randy Quaid. It looks like Gina Davis and Jason Robards are also in this one, so we'll talk about that uh, next month. I uh, looked that up just a second ago. It looks like uh, that movie is on HBO Go right now, so if you'd like to watch that along with us and then listen to the episode, that would be great. Uh, If you want to, you can shoot us an email let us know what you thought about it not just new movies at gmail.com you can call and leave us a voicemail and tell us what you thought at 904-469-6566 listener voicemail and email Um, let me check real quick I'm guessing we have nothing but spam no no need Uh, yeah no that's it Yeah, nothing there so uh, hit us up let us know that inbox is, is gathering cobwebs as we speak um, I don't think still you can free, subscribe though. to this show on iTunes yet because we're still having some serious problems with that. I don't know what's you going can, on. You can um, subscribe through iTunes. What you can do is on your mobile device, go to njnmpodcast.blogspot.com, click on uh, NJNM on iTunes, and it will automatically subscribe you in the podcast app. Um, 
So as long as you're subscribed to the FeedBurner feed, you should be able to access it through your podcatcher or whatever app you use to subscribe to podcasts. It's just not in the store. I see. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, but, of course, you can listen to all episodes on PodTyrant.com, or at least the newer ones on PodTyrant.com, and then everything at the Blogspot address. Yes, njnmpodcast.blogspot.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at njnmpodcast. And, Tyler, I think yeah. that's where we're going to talk about uh, the, the, the tweet uh, traffic you were talking about recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a little traffic here. We, uh, we asked a couple months ago, what's your favorite Bill Paxton performance? <clears throat> and uh, at thirty eight percent, true lies, Ben. Okay. True lies. Tombstone at twenty five, Apollo thirteen at twenty five, and Twister, a meager twelve percent uh voted for Twister. So, you know, they're storm chasers, that's what they do. <laughs> yeah. They're uh, too Michelle, busy chasing Michelle, storms to vote. Yeah. Michelle Meow did suggest aliens as an alternative option. We can only fit four right. in the uh, Twitter poll function. So eight votes. Eight votes for that one. Thanks guys. Uh, also, um, let's see. Yeah, we also asked last month about your favorite Power Rangers resort in the hashtag NJNM1v1. Okay. Fifty uh, percent called it uh, the Dragon Zord, the Green Rangers Dragon Zord. That, nice. that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Titanus, not as highly featured as it should have been, but it was just the Brachiosaurus uh, <laughs> vessel that the Megazord would rest <laughs> into. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, yep. the Tyrannosaurus Rex Zord, 0%. Surprising. Because, wow. man, that guy was pretty cool looking. Yeah, nobody gives a shit about that guy anymore, uh, I guess. Four votes there. So let's pick it up a little bit, uh, NGNM fans. But this yeah. week, Ben, we lost uh, we lost an icon. We lost uh, Sir Roger Moore. Yes. Uh, Rod, uh, James Bond, a UNICEF ambassador, uh, a dear old... A friend, possibly not a confidant. I've never locked eyes with him, nor has he ever liked any of my tweets. So he, mm-hmm. he, I consider him a friend and confidant now because he can see us. He knows of our existence, and he's listened to our love for him uh, on podcasts and such. So, uh, Ben, any thoughts on Sir Roger Moore? Yeah, I mean, the guy was not uh, was not my James Bond. Um, uh, Jacob Hall, my colleague over at SlashFilm.com, wrote a great article about how uh, Roger Moore was his James Bond, not necessarily the one that he, um, you know, that grew up concurrently, or that was, that was in the role uh, with him growing up concurrently, but the one that he sort of came back to and, and formed his definitive connection with uh, the, uh, the cinematic 007 character. I would say that... Uh-huh. That uh, when I was growing up, I thought um, much more highly of the Roger Moore movies than I did on my recent rewatch of the entire, you know, whatever, 24 Bond movies that I did about Mm -hmm. a year ago. Um, But uh, Roger Moore definitely brought something to that role that nobody else has has brought. And he, um, you know, he had the reputation of being sort of more of the clownish Bond than... Uh, you he literally know, dressed up as a clown at one point. <laughs> An octopusy, right. yes. Um, but uh, but I think that um, he was the right Bond for the time. You know, the, he was the Bond for that era, and uh, and he kept it relevant in a time when it, it the seriousness of the '60s had kind of died out, and he made it more tongue in cheek, but not to the point of satire, I guess. Yeah, um, um, and kind of kept it relevant. The character he did a lot for uh, for the character for that franchise, and he will definitely be missed. He's also uh, Tyler. We would be remiss if we didn't mention that he's the uh, the co star of the Quest, oh, of which course. is like I mean, the, captain. The, the the father movie of this entire podcast. If you want to, if, that is if true. there is any movie that is in like the the NJNM 
uh, Mount Rushmore, I would say it's like Van Damme's face, and yeah. then like maybe Roger Moore's because he's in the quest. Like, yeah. and then I don't know, maybe like Rob Schneider or something because he's in one of those Van Damme movies. Our our right. Mount Rushmore is all sorts of jacked up, by the way. But uh, yeah, yeah. but in We're any case, we should. More heads. <laughs> That's right, and we should uh, we should yes bow down to uh, to Sir Roger Moore as his and his sort of um, ridiculously over the top performance in the quest, which uh, we greatly enjoyed um, many we times love, throughout. And the we years, love so. we we love Sir Roger as well. So uh, yeah, have fun surfing the cosmos. Yeah, do we have but a here, uh, back I'm, on Earth? We're going to be doing the NJNM one v one hashtag, and yep. let us know what your favorite Roger Moore Bond movie is. Is it going to be Live and Let Die? Is it going to be The Man with the Golden Gun? Is it going to be Octopussy? I put that on there only so I can say Octopussy. Or A View to a Kill, which also features Christopher Walken as the villain and uh, another another head on the Mount Rushmore of the Ben and Tyler yep. podcast of, you know, source of information. <laughs> so, yeah, Live and Let Die, a great, great movie. Man with the Golden Gun, Octopussy or a view to a kill. I know there's some other ones in there, so let us know in the comments section or using hashtag NJNM1v1, and we'll have that uh, up in the first week of June, Ben. Yep, so be sure to check our Twitter handle for that poll, and then, uh, yeah, respond on Twitter. Hit us up at NJNM Podcast uh, with all of your thoughts about uh, Sir Roger Moore, Mr. Destiny, and anything in between. <laughs> the Quest. Uh, the Quest, of course. We're the always... Crow. We are all... Yeah, and then Quest versus Crow, where all yep. of these rail on, or rate on a, a Quest versus uh-huh. Crow scale, however you can figure out how to do that. You can go back and that listen to our, soon. our episode about the Crow to get uh, a little bit more insight into that process but not much because that process is confusing as hell so um (laughs) music for this episode i think comes courtesy of the mr destiny soundtrack or score if i can find anything from this movie seems like it might be so bland that there you know something like that won't even be on youtube which is really rare music um but yeah i'll try to find some sort of uh maybe time travel-y kind of thing maybe i'll use the it's a wonderful life score um just if (laughs) if uh nothing else comes up so um, Tyler, let's talk about where the listeners can track us down online until we uh, talk to oh, them again okay. next month. So how about you? Where can they find you? Yeah, at Pod Tyrant on Twitter follow for all kinds of great shows. And uh, Ben, you were on the Slash Filmcast recently. That's a that's a huge mark on the resume. Yes, I was very excited to be on the Slash Filmcast. So we reviewed uh, Fast and Furious 8, The Fate of the Furious. Uh, so mm. by the time this movie, this episode comes out, uh, nobody's even going to remember that movie because the world has moved on. <laughs> this point but yeah. in case uh you're one of those people who maybe is like waiting until dvd for some reason to see that film yeah. uh save that you know go back into into the archives and listen to my uh my guest uh, appearance on the slash film cast i gave a little shout out to uh that not just new movies podcast and pod tyrant on there so that was nice um and it's a guest uh, appearance but soon to be permanent <clears throat> appearance <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. But, uh, no, probably not. We, I'm guessing email. we won't see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, you guys can find me writing at SlashFilm.com. You can also write, uh, find my writing at GeekTyrant.com. And uh, all of my reviews, which there aren't that many these days, at NotJustNewMovies.com. So that's pretty much going to wrap us up for this month's episode. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next month.
This show is part of the Pod Tyrant Network. For more podcasts, interviews, and content, visit podtyrant.com.